I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. What does it mean to host a pet loss or celebration of life memorial service for those in our community who have lost a pet and a furry family member? What role do pet sitters play in the grief process of our clients? And how can we help people come together, find a community, and start healing together? Today, Colleen Ellis, founder of Two Heart Pet Loss Center, joins the show again. She was previously on episode 110, and she shares how we can make the most out of these services, things we should do, and some things we should avoid. Let's get started. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. First of all, I I can't believe, I don't remember how long it's been, but it's been too long. That's all I know, because I love being in your world. I love it. Hey, everybody. Um, As Colin said, I'm Colleen Ellis, and I actually started the first standalone pet funeral home in the country almost 20 years ago. And I got to tell you, since then, I wake up in the morning and everything that I do is for and about all these special little creatures that absolutely rock our world. And um, I, I love being here to chat with your group, Colin, because it it because I feel like what I do with the end of life is is the crescendo to the amazing care that your guys, your pet sitters, and the care that they give and the and the the care that our pet parents are asking us to give to them. My part of it is is the crescendo. I get I get to the end. I get to this one part that we're all going to face as a loving pet parent, and it's the death of our precious loves. And so I have the win. I get the win, not the if. I have the win. And what I'm anxious to share with your group today is how can we together, how can we as the village that services these pet parents, give them the permission, give them the support, give them the venues, give them the platforms that they can come to and honor, I'm going to say this word a gazillion times today with you, the human animal bond, because that's what it's all about, right? Even with your people that are there, your people, when they go into the home, your colleagues, our colleagues, the the sitters, when they go into the home, that's exactly what they're doing, too. They're honoring this human-animal bond by saying, I'm here to care for them just like you care for them when, when you can't be here. For me, at the end of life, Colin, I say the same thing. I say, listen, I give them the same dignity and respect in death that you gave them in life. And for everybody on here, that concept right there for the love of animals and for the love of being able to assist in this one thing that's going to happen to all of us, which is the death of our precious pets. Those are the things that really are my why. And that's my why fire that gets me up every day. I want to add another thing as to what I do. And I am also executive director for the International Association for Animal Hospice and Palliative Care. And I want to tell you, we have a lot of pet sitters that are in our association because they like to add this element to their care for their families and being able to say, what can I do as a pet sitter to help when that end of life journey is approaching? And and maybe it's some care elements. You know, maybe maybe we up our cooking of food that we take over to that family because they're so focused on taking care of this pet who is now terminal. 
and is facing this end of life. So I can't wait to unpack all of that with you, Colin. I'm really excited about that as well. And, and you, you touched that on that word. You said we're going to say this a lot about honoring. And I think there's something to remember that every moment that we have with that pet, with that animal, is very special. And we that those are things that we can can carry forward, both in our memories and in honoring the relationship that pet has with the, the owner. And that changes how we interact with them. That changes the, the seriousness to to which we approach that time, that care, that service that we're providing them. And I think it's when, when we focus on this, this idea of, of hosting an event, and you said bringing the community together, bringing these tribes together, I do think that, that words are really important. And so for me, as, as my wife Megan and I started to kind of think about putting on an event, we really struggled with what to call it. What do I call is this a Is this a pet loss event? Is this a celebration event? Walk us through on on how those terms impact people's perception of what's what's going on. You know, our society is really interesting, Colin. We're a, we're a death avoidance society. We are we are a society that says if I die, okay. We're a society that says if my pet dies. Yeah. And man, I tell you what, I I that one hurts my heart a little bit because I'm like, it's a, this is a win, you guys. This is a win, okay? So we've got to be prepared. We've got to know what we're going to do when that day comes. We've got to know. We've got to know. You know, we've got to do what we can do to remove the fear of the unknown. And so we do live in this death avoidance society, and I think that's a lot of the reason that the word funeral has almost come out of our vocabulary and the word celebration of life has come into our, our vocabulary because we don't want to set the perception that you're going to come to something sad because a funeral's sad, right? But we're going to go to a celebration of life and maybe it's happy and maybe we won't cry. And, and let me tell you something. Here's what I say to people about my funeral when that day comes. You better ball your eyes out. I want you to ball your eyes out because I want to know you're going to miss me. Yeah. I want to know you're going to miss me. I don't want it to be a happy occasion. I want to know that I affected you and that in the way that I affected you, you're going to be sad that I'm not here. And so we view having tears as this as this sign of weakness or something that that maybe is morose, you know, that we're going to go to this funeral and it's going to be just, you know, it's all going to be full of Debbie Downers. Mm-hmm. And and I want us to realize that it's okay to cry. It's it's okay to use the word memorial service. It's okay to use those words, but it's also okay to use the word celebration of life. It's okay. I know we're we're getting ready to have our um our International Association for Animal Hospice our conference. And at the end of every conference, I always do an honoring ceremony. And we call it that, an honoring ceremony. I play a video tribute of people's pets and we set it to beautiful music. And I have, I have readings. And if I can, I'll have a bagpiper show up. And if I can, I'll have live musicians show up. And we'll just, well, it's just a really beautiful way for us to do a couple things, Colin. Not only honor the pets that have rocked our world, but to honor us as professionals in the work that we do. And to honor our pet parents and the love they give. That's what we get to do. And it's such a beautiful, I'm going to use this word again, it's such a beautiful crescendo that we can all come together and say, man, as pet sitters, we gave it 100%. As pet parents, I gave it 100%. And for these precious little loves, I, I want to tell you something. 
if I've heard this once, I've heard it a gazillion times with, with pet parents after their pet has died. And they've said to me, all I want to know is that I did everything for them. Everything. And, and so for us that, that's listening on this, on this session today, to be able to say, Hey, I got one more thing you can do. You can come to this honoring ceremony or this memorial service or this celebration of life or, you know, September's is pet memorial month, whatever it may be. You're going to come and we're going to honor these pets. And you know what? We might cry. We might cry because I miss them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now I want to tell you something else. And I may be jumping ahead on your questions here, but I want to add this into it. I tell you the other thing that I really love to do on these pet services, October, October is a month that you're going to see a lot of pet blessings. Okay. October 4th, just a little, a little, um, little reasoning here. October 4th is the feast day of St. Francis, who is the patron saint of pets, the patron saint of the lowly, which is our pets. So October 4th, you'll see a lot of pet blessings around that day. You'll see a lot of them during October, which is the feast month of St. Francis. And so there's a lot of pet blessings that happen during that month. A lot of times in the September, October timeframe, I'll combine both of those services. And so we honor today and we honor the past. And it gives us an opportunity to bless those pets that are with us today and to honor those pets that have have gone on before us and and that have taken our heart with them. So it's a really beautiful combination. It does. And I think that helps frame it a little bit because even whenever we have been talking with people about the event, it's it's kind of awkward for me to to say, "Oh, I'm really looking forward to this." And I, 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 it's it's because you did you, you said uh, we are a, a death avoidance society, and <laughs> so it, it does come off kind of morose to say we're really excited to have this event. It's like, well, you're excited. Why would you be excited about that? And it's like, well, I, we're excited about the opportunity, and that's what we're trying to work with that. Like the opportunity this gives people and and really for for us it was important because we saw a lot of pet parents who were very isolated with yeah. this grief and and it really became for us eye opening of like this is one of those griefs in your life that is socially unacceptable to talk about with other people and when you recognize what pets mean to their parents it would be different. It'd be weird if somebody didn't say, oh, I'm really sad today because last year my grandma died today. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows, very few people know what to do with that kind of grief with their pet. And for us, it was, mm-hmm. we, we'd like an opportunity to give people a chance to where, as you said at the top, where they have permission to do this and really, really focusing on the opportunity that this gives them. Yeah. You know what? Let's, because I know you're big on words and I am too, Colin. So it's an honor to have this ceremony. It's a privilege to have this ceremony and it's a beautiful opportunity to pay tribute. So there's some really cool words that we can use that, that are, that are peaceful, that warm our heart a little bit. Let's talk another word because you've kind of danced around it and you didn't say the exact word, but pet loss is a disenfranchised grief. Mm. It's a grief where we go deal with it on our own because we've got 30% of our population who don't get it. 30% of our population don't have a pet, okay? And so we've got 30% of our population that are going to look at us and say, well, it was just a dog. It was just a cat. And by the way, it happened yesterday. Are you not over it already? And so it's a very disenfranchised grief where we can line 10 people up and we can tell them our grandmother died 
And all 10 of them are going to say something like, I'm sorry, right? Okay. But we can line 10 people up and we got to be real careful of which one of the seven we pick to say my dog died. Because if we hit one of the three, it's going to be not the, not the response we want. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I got to tell you a story. So I had a friend of mine who had a beautiful um, pup that was a, a therapy dog at his pep, at his funeral home, at his human funeral home. And everybody in town knew Oliver. Everybody knew Oliver. And Oliver did work in the community. And, and Mark referred to Oliver as his son and firstborn. All the words, all the words of the people that are our people, right? Those are our people, right? So Oliver dies. Oliver dies on December 26th. I'll never forget it. Oliver dies on December 26th. And Mark was a hot, hot mess. And so a few days later, Mark says to me that a few people in the community came to him and said, Mark, when will you have a funeral for Oliver? And Mark thought, oh, goodness me, I didn't even think about that. But yes, Oliver was the community's dog. I will have a funeral for Oliver. So a month later, a few hundred people show up for Oliver. Now, I got to tell you something interesting. Mark said to me of the few hundred people that sh- that showed up, a large majority of them brought the urns of their own animals from home. And as I tell my human funeral directors, I go, have you ever had a service, a, a, fu- a, a memorial service for somebody's mother and everybody else brings their own mother's urn? That never happens. That never happens, right? But when it was for Oliver and it was a safe, place to go because it was a funeral for a dog. And so these people who came, I'm sure in their head and in their hearts said, nobody will shame me for going there and taking my own urns. And and Colin, I got to tell you what I believe happened. I believe none of them heard Oliver's name, but they heard their own dog's name and their own cat's name. And they just inserted those names into the readings and whatever else happened. Don't you agree with me? Yeah, they did. They did because they didn't have an outlet for that anywhere else. You, you, you mentioned we have to be very careful about who we approach this topic with. And if you can imagine somebody who is in a workplace and they're really struggling that day because their dog died yesterday, uh, how do I have this conversation with my boss or my coworkers of why I'm not really present right now? And and maybe I just won't show up. And, and there's a lot of that guilt that starts to approach in with people mm-hmm. as well when they don't have appropriate places to go through that grieving process. And so right. that, I, th- I think that's one reason why these kind of services are so are so needed because they do provide that this is safe. You can bring bring what you can, bring what you need as as you go through that that process. Yeah. You know, and I always start these services off. And if anybody on here needs a template, I'm happy to share because I do these all the time and I'm happy to share my template. But I always start my services off with, you know, I'm going to guess there's there's one of three reasons that you've come here today. Number one, to say your goodbyes. Number one, number two, I'm sorry, number two, to ask for forgiveness because maybe you made the call. and. You need to say, I'm sorry, because you feel like you need to say you're sorry. And number three, maybe you need to forgive yourself for some things that are wrapped up in this. Did I do everything? Because we have a lot of questions that come with that a lot. And so I always start the service off with those three things just to ground it and to say, 
you know what? I want to normalize some of these things for you. And I want to give you a platform and I want to give you the space to lean in and to invite these things into your heart and to begin to work with them and to begin to work on them. Because the only way we make movement in our grief journey, Colin, is through morning work. Mourning is our, is our, the active version of grieving and we've got to mourn to mend. We've got to mourn to mend. And so this whole service, giving them things to do to honor the pet and the life they shared and, and the time they shared and the love they shared, giving them all that they need to now go make sure they continue to do their morning work and to make movement in their journey. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Chrisanne from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. Well, so you mentioned a, a template and kind of how these things look. What kind of structure should we go for or, or kind of pro- progress of things to do in a service? Because many people may think of this and go, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. We just get, get together and, and kind of do something. But so what, what kind of things could we do in a service like this? You know, I would really encourage that this, this ceremony is structured because people, when people are in grief, their entire world is kind of unraveled and there's no structure to it. And so to come to an event that doesn't have a structure is just going to be one more element that's out of control in their life. Right. And so I would highly encourage that there's some structure around this event. Who's going to do the readings? What readings are you going to do? What, what sharing of the heart are you going to do? And I'll give you some, some different ways that I've done this. I've had it where people, when they show up, there's a table that's set up with um, some butcher paper on it or some brown paper, and they can light a candle. You know, if we're going to be inside, we can light a candle in honor of their pet. Another thing that I'll do is I'll have people email me photos of their pet, and I'll create a tribute video. Those are so easy to do with the programs on 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 the office um, system or on on a um, uh, iPad or you know an uh, Apple computer. They're incredibly easy to do, and to set it to some touching music, I always and everybody knows this is my trademark. I always set my videos to Bette Midler, "Wind Beneath My Wings," and the song within itself will stab you in the heart, as you well know. But man, we know these animals. They they are they are that wind beneath our wings. They are our strength so many times. And so I have my signature song. And so I ask for these videos. So people get there. They can write a note to their pet and light the candle. All right. If we're outside, you can still do something like that because you've got the little candles that you can turn on. So you can still have this. Segways beautifully into the very first poem that I read, which is in the candles glow. And it talks about all of our pets that are up on the ridge that have crossed Rainbow Bridge and looking down in the candles glow. And it goes to this whole beautiful set. So it's a really natural, beautiful, organic segue into the first poem. I have a story that I read that talks about, and, and it's something I've written. It talks about, um, you know, as we come here today, we're going to do two things. We're going to mourn the loss and we're going to celebrate the life and permission to do both. 
and then I go through a, a reading and I'll, and I'll pick people when I, when I do them, I may pick our humane society CEO or executive director. I may pick a, a, a celebrity that's in our market that might do a reading or I select a poem that I want them to read. If you know a musician, have them play something that, that is, there's so many beautiful songs that are really animal centric, um, that we can play. Um, if not, I love Rainbow Bridge by the, oh, and I can't say his name, the Hawaiian gentleman, or or over the way, sorry, somewhere over the rainbow. Love that beautiful one. It's easily found. You can play that, get a nice, you know, music system there and play that. And then as we wrap up, maybe you have a minister that does a benediction. And then what I like to, what I really like to end my ceremonies with is a bubble release. And I've created a a reading that um, is actually on my website that people can download and print out. You can add your own logo to it. And at the end, when everybody goes out, you can buy just those little bubbles that we use for weddings or whatever. And I just do a really beautiful bubble release that, in in the words of the poem and the story, symbolically release them to our creator. There's so much there that you can dig into, and I really like the idea of involving other members of the community because you know we we look at this and this may feel really daunting for a lot of us. Going, ah, oh, what what role do I play? Do I have to be leading all of this? Is this all up to me to do? And it sounds no, like there's a because it, there's an opportunity there for other people to come involved. And right now, I'm sure we're all thinking of a few people who go, oh, they would be really good at this, or I, they would uh, th- this would be a really good opportunity to. Have have them there, whether that's other dog walkers or pet sitters, other business owners. Maybe it's the owner of the um, the funeral home that has um, something for pets there, or other things like that, or other grief counselors that can come in and give because it, it can highlight again. There's so many people here that can help support you on this journey, and it's another reminder for everybody of just what kind of village is there for us. Absolutely. And you just nailed it right there. You nailed it. And I know for some people, you and I are a little bit different because we're really happy with a microphone. We love a microphone, don't we? (laughs) I love me a microphone. But there's a lot of people who are petrified of a microphone. And that's all right, because then you find somebody like Colin or I and you say, hey, listen, my role is going to be to facilitate, to coordinate this ceremony. And I found this one person to be the MC of ceremonies. I've got this minister reading, this rabbi participating, the executive director of a shelter or CEO of our humane society. Look, you know, look up, look your head up a little bit and see who else has been really instrumental and, and maybe has a little bit of a big voice in your market. And talking about animals and shelters and rescue and what you got a mouth in your in your market, I can assure you of it. <laughs> Every market does. Every market does, right? Yeah. Find that person. They will be thrilled to say, I would love to be an MC of ceremonies of this thing. I would love it. And and all you need to do, and again, happy to share. All you need to do is give me, give me kind of what you, you know, whether it's a script or Say, would you mind speaking from the heart on animals and the human animal bond and, and doing that? And I always in these sessions, Colin, I make sure we really talk about the human animal bond and what that means to us, because that's really why we're there. It's not there to talk about adoption. It's not there to talk about anything else. But for my broken, shattered heart, that happened because I had a, I had a bond with an animal. 
that's what I need you to talk about. Keep it in the keep it in the fairway. Yeah, yeah, because it's it it helps keep it focused. It, it keeps it less distracted, and it also helps as as we talk about people going through that morning work. It allows them to to stay in that process because if our goal, I. I do think we need to think about what our goal for the the hosting the event is. If our goal is to genuinely help people in their morning work, how what do we need to focus on and how do we keep kind of those those boundaries on either side to keep us working forward cuz if if people come with an expectation to work on the morning, to do the morning work. And then we find ourselves over here talking about the importance of, of adoption or spay and neuter or everything. Now we're distracted from those are important things. Those are important things, but for, for a different event, but we got to recenter. But not today. Yeah. 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 Today we're going to talk about how our heart just got shattered. So when we're reaching out to the community, we've talked a little bit about the importance of naming the event and what to use. How, how do we approach people in our community to start inviting them to it, how, what does how how do we make sure that that without it seeming like a, a downer event and getting people that it is something that they can and should attend? You know, I would really keep it anchored on the love we have for our animals. And you know, I did I did a um, I did a ceremony last night, or a, it, it was kind of podcasty with uh, best friends out of out of Utah, and we did an event, and they called that "Love Lives On." And that was our dedication to um, for National Pet Memorial Day and month. And just to kind of unpack some of these questions and feelings that grieving pet parents might have. So they called that one Love Lives On. So, again, it can be called, you know, honoring the pets and the love they give, celebrating the lives of our animals, celebrating unconditional love. You know, there's a there's a whole lot of things that it can be called And our subtitle can say honoring the past and and celebrating, you know, and and tribute tribute to the future, something like that, as we can honor the past and honor the one and pay tribute to the ones that we have with us. So I think it's first of all figuring out how we can say what it is, yeah. because sometimes I think people get too caught up in trying to call it something else, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be a sad event. And then you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to. What am I going to? What's happening yeah. now? Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's call it what it is, you know, and and if it's a celebration of life and the subtitle is honoring path, honoring the pets in our past. Okay, good. That made that I get that. And I know what we're going to do. And maybe what we do in there is we is we talk about, you know, this particular person who's going to be an MC who we all know in our community is a lover of animals. And we're going to have some readings and maybe we have a, you know, something that we can do as a as a community to to sign a, a board that can hang down at the local shelter. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress one second here. This is another something you can do at your ceremony. When when we look at this ceremony, this is a doing thing, right? Which is such an active part or such an active morning process. Morning is the doing part of it. So first of all, they're coming to the event. So there's a doing process. When they get there, I'm going to give you two ideas. One of the things that I tested, and man, it worked so beautifully. And the test version of it was so ugly. I was almost embarrassed, but it worked. (laughs) I went over to Home Depot, and I got myself a piece of two-by-four plywood. And I painted that darn thing with some chalkboard paint. And at the top, I put honoring our journey. 
celebrating our pets. I, I did it different, honoring our journey, whatever my event was. But this one, let's talk about it, said honoring our pets. And then I had a whole bunch of markers there. And I got to tell you, people people flocked to that board to be able to write their pet's name down. There's nothing more beautiful than the name, right? And they flocked to that board to write their pet's name down. And then, and then you know what they did? They turned around and took a selfie and they posted it. And they said, today I'm at this event and I honored my precious buddy and I'm honoring him at this event today. So there's one idea. The second idea, and I may need you to take notes on this and send this out. There is a an absolutely genius invention piece out there right now that I've been using in a lot of my functions. And it is called a pooly machine. P-O-O-O-L-I. Pooly. And I wish I'd have got it out of my craft room and had it here so I can show you. So here's the deal with a pooly machine. I have an app on my phone. It connects to the pooly machine. And I find a picture on my phone and I and I print it. It's a little tiny printer. It prints a little two by two picture. It prints a little two by two picture with a sticky back. And so that's another way that people can text me their picture or I take a picture. If we're going to do a blessing, I can take a picture of them and their pet and boom, I can print it right there and place it up on a board and I can capture all the pets that were there today. And then as a part of what we're going to do from our pet sitting company, I'm going to take this over to XYZ Shelter. We're going to hang it on the wall and we're going to make a donation to the shelter. Just an idea. But man, those pooly machines. Whoo, I'm having a blast with those little dudes. Oh, oh, I'm having a blast. (laughs) Having a blast. I just, we just had my mom's 80th birthday party. And for every guest that came in, I took a picture of her with that guest. I put it next to on the register book and then they wrote their note to her right next to their picture. It was priceless. The little and it's like a hundred bucks on Amazon. It's just goofy, silly, yeah. but it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to do at a pet event. Well, it's a reminder that the things that we are doing here, they don't have to be big. They don't have to be complicated. They don't have to be this big show production with lights and fog and big bands or whatever and renting out arenas. They, they, they can be as, as simple as necessary because what the important part is, is the, the, the why behind the event. Right? That is why people yeah. are coming there for a very specific personal purpose that they have, not for this other stuff. And it's, it's focusing on that, that at the end of the day will really be what, what people take away from that event. You, there was something you said in there prompted me to think about this. If you think about where are we going to have this thing, where are we going to have it? Yeah, I, w- I would encourage you to look at, you know, our, our animals are very much outside things, aren't they? So whether it's at a local dog park or on a on a local little river bank or in a you know at, at a at a shelter in their side yard, you know, really look at it in that manner. Now let's go to a shelter. I had in Indianapolis, I had the Marion County Humane Society that twice a year had an event there. And we allowed people to come in and and you know, we honor the pets and the life they share and the love they share. So you may also have organizations like that, that have a room that you can go to and you can use. So think about it in that manner. Let's think about, you know, there's a marketing, there's a marketing phrase and it's called doing something sticky, sticky. Okay. And sticky is, is I want them, I want to give them something that's going to stick and it's going to constantly remind them of Colin and his pet sitting business. Okay. So there's some really cool sticky things that we can give packets of forget me, not flower seeds. 
and put our, our logo on it and our business card. I would do those in the, in the springtime. I'm sorry, in the fall, spring. In the fall, what I would do is I would give tulip bulbs so they could go out and they could return some color to the world that their pet gave to them. And so we would give out tulip bulbs that they could go home and plant. If I was at a shelter, I would give everybody a tulip bulb and we'd go outside and plant them and put them right there on the ground so all the animals could be together. So there's some really cool sticky things that you can do that are nice marketing take-home pieces for them. Building a profitable pet sitting business on your own can feel overwhelming. Since 1994, Pet Sitters International has helped over 40,000 people just like you start and grow their businesses. From access to group rate pet sitter insurance and discounts on background checks to free client handouts and a monthly member toolkit, PSI provides you with the credentials, continuing education, and community you need to grow your pet sitting business. You'll also be invited to join a private online network of other pet sitting businesses owners from around the world. Save 15 bucks off your first year membership by using promo code PSC15 at checkout. Visit PetSit.com slash PSC to learn more. Now, we've talked a lot about things that we we, sh- we can do, things to have on hand and ideas for making the event. I, I do think we need to kind of touch on things that we should avoid doing to make sure that the event is is as um, enjoyable as possible. So from, from your experience, what kind of things have you found that don't really quite work the way people expect them to? You know, I've already said this to you, Colin, I, I think as much structure as we can give to the service as possible is going to be the most healing. And what I'm about to say, I say very respectfully to you and to all of our listeners here, As much as it feels like it would be a good idea to open up and to allow people to share their pets' names or to share stories, what I have found in my um, quite a few years of experience, what I have found is that sometimes that really goes off. it, It takes off and it goes off into tangents that are really tough to get back on the rails. And so... Rather than making it really awkward for everybody, that's the reason I like to do the table with butcher paper because they get a they get to write all their pets' names down on there. They still get to call them out. If I'm doing a video, they sent their pictures to me. Okay, so they get the opportunity to have their names written, to see their pets' pictures up there. They've gotten that opportunity, and so I have found to not open up the group to share names because what will happen is you'll have the first one that will go back to being two years old and remembering that pet and they'll go through all, and we love our pet lovers, don't we? And they've got a lot of them. They've got a lot of them. Yeah. And then before you know it, 30 minutes into it, you're like, how do I get this back on the rails? Because everybody is uncomfortable and twitching in their seats and it's just, it's not worth it. And I, and I want you to know that another question that I, that maybe you came up with what, with what I just said is how long should this be? Let me tell you something. 20 minutes is fine. 25 minutes is fine. And, and maybe that's your ceremony. And maybe afterwards, then you have an opportunity that people can mingle around together and they can share together and they can hug each other. And you've got some soft music playing and you have a little bit, you know, the one thing that we always do when, when we know there's been a death is we have food, right? We have food. And so maybe we have an opportunity that we've got food, or maybe we end up with a final wine toast or a, you know, we've got soda and punch, whatever it may be. I was telling Colin, telling you, Colin, as we were getting on, on with our, um, our episode today, 
that my children's book just came out. And one of the things I did in the children book for the kitty cats was we did a memorial service in there, a sample memorial service that a child can do. And of course it wrapped up with food and the food was a kitty litter cake. And I don't know if anybody on here has ever made a kitty litter cake. Dr. Mary Gardner is my co-author and she about died when I said, we're putting a kitty litter cake in there. And and she kind of like, did a gagging, you know, reflex. He's like, what? But it's delicious. So it's actually cake that you crumble up and then you crumble up cookies and then you melt Tootsie Rolls in the in the microwave and you lay it right. <laughs> and then you serve it with a kitty litter scoop. <laughs> and if you can close your eyes and get past how it looks, it is the most delicious cake you've ever tasted. <laughs> Do you love that? I do. I, I do because it's such a reminder that that while these are times for for tears and for remorse and for for mourning, there, there is still time for laughter and joy, and there is still that 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 is actually an another part of the mourning work is, is having those moments of of laughter, of community, of people coming together. And making a moment out of that, that's going to, it's going to be a memory for them that they're going to have now. Yeah. And let me tell you something. When the day comes that I do a memorial service for my precious little one-eared pussycat named Rudy, let me tell you what will happen. And this is what I would do at my memorial service. If, if I was hosting it, I would take one or two of those little Tootsie Rolls and I would put them right outside of the litter box because that's what he does. He hangs his hiney right over the litter box kind of like mama will get this. I know she will. And imagine the other families that that happens to. And they look down, they're like, oh my gosh, that was so hammy. Always pooped outside the litter box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's those, those such personal touches that can come in that people are going to be able to connect with. Right. And that's, and now, now it's this, it's a lot of this work is, is remembering things that they haven't experienced in a long time of that may trigger some memories of them. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember when we were going through litter training and remember those things. And now all of a sudden you've got conversations, you have them focusing on the journey that they have been on. You have them focusing on this stuff that now becomes these healing memories that they will carry for, for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And you know, I know our, our, I know our, our listeners can't see this, but I, but I've got a soda bottle here. Okay. And, and I think grief is a lot like this soda bottle. It's like a shaken up soda bottle. Okay. And I've shaken it up and I've shaken it up and I've shaken it up. And now I have a trigger. And let's just say this memorial service we're talking about, this celebration of life is my trigger. Okay. And, and I go there and I've never released. I've never had a release because I've always bottled it in. I've always pushed it down. It's like my shaken up soda bottle. And now I go to the memorial service and I take this lid off all at once. Well, you know what happens, right? And so it, now it's this explosion of emotion because I just kept pushing it down because everybody told me he was a grumpy old cat. Everybody told me, I don't know how you loved him. He never showed his face. But at the end of the day, that mommy loved him so very, very much. And all she wants is a place to go and to say, I love you. I'm sorry, my baby. And I, I hope one day I see you again. Whatever it is they want to say, I don't care. I just want to give them the space. I want us as facilitators to be able to lean in and say, 
it's all safe right here. Whatever you got, it's safe right here. Well, so that's a good reminder that we need to come expecting some some big emotions oh, and yeah. some big responses. So for the people who are facilitating, who are organizing this, how do we work with that? And how do we help people in that in that moment of of their big release? You know, I think it's knowing, first of all, and giving permission. I always give that permission in the beginning. There's going to be tears. And listen, if, if you're going to cry somewhere, this is the perfect place to cry. Because at the end of the day, it takes strength to bring those tears. Tears are not weakness. Tears are strength. And so permission to have those right here. For me, and I know I've never met you in person, Colin, but man, I'm a hugger. And so after these events... My arms are tired because I just go give people those squeezes that they need and, and to say, I'm so sorry about your shattered heart. I'm so sorry. Let those tears fall. He deserves every one of them. And don't you let anybody else tell you any different. So we need to be comfortable. We need to be comfortable with a couple things, Colin. We need to be comfortable with the emotion and to say it's going to happen. And we don't, you know, what I want to encourage our listeners to do is, is to provide a, health, a very healthy support and not to say things like, I'll bet you are a great mommy because right now I don't feel like a good mommy. You had 19 good years. Yeah, but I wanted 20, you know? So for us as companions, it's A, to be really comfortable with leaning in and, and hugging and saying, I'm sorry, and to be comfortable with the emotion. The second thing that we need to be really comfortable with is to be okay with shutting our mouth. We need to we need to just be able to sit there or to hug him and to not believe we're going to say something that's going to take it away because we're not it's not going to happen. Oh. And just be really comfortable with a hug that says so sorry and let it go. Let it go. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. It, it's it, it's amazing when I, I think about this about how uh, you know I comfort our our kids you know when they stub their toe or they you know scrape their knee uh, you know I hug them and say that hurts real bad doesn't it and then hold them and they're going to cry and they're going to they're going to work through that and then they're going to be done and I can imagine holding somebody going that hurts it yes. hurts real bad right now. Dude, I got to tell you, I stand corrected because what you just said it is an active empathy statement, which is so much better than a passive sympathy statement. And go with what you said. Man, it hurts, doesn't it? It totally hurts. Yeah, because it, it, that get, kind of digs back into this this permission that what I'm feeling right now, it's okay. And, and for maybe for the first time, I feel seen in yes. what I'm experiencing. Instead of alone in my bed at night. Now I'm I'm here with somebody going, they recognize that. They see yeah. that. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I know if I cry in front of them, they're not going to talk me out of it. They're not going to shame me. They're not going to tell me it's been a year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just, man, that hurts. hurts. Yeah. yeah. Hurts. Ugh. Hurts. Mm. It, and and it, that is, a, again, that's part of that process. And they, I think just personally, sometimes you have to hear that a couple times before you start believing it and you start being able to recognize, because if we have bottled it up, if we, if we are that soda can where we have, we've gotten real good at pushing it away 
I'm amazing at tamping down and keeping that closed. That's still that's going to be the, our go-to muscle whenever those start to come up again, and we start to have that. We start to have that again, and instead of letting that release in that healthy way, and, and that's that becomes a process that we we have to do. And I I think that's been something I've been thinking about as well of of after we've had the event. Okay, we've we've done the event. We're walking away with the bubble release. We're we're sitting there. What what kind of things come next? Of, of for that community um, as far as um, keeping that support there and people keeping people connected? You know, I think we need to question ourselves to see what we have the capacity to handle. Mm-hmm. And if, and if we a mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually don't have the capacity to handle it, let's find somebody who does. And I can assure you within your community, there's a social worker, there's a mental health professional, there's a, a pet loss support person. There's something there that as we end our ceremony and we give them active morning uh, things that they can continue to do at home, let's also be able to say, and we've got Sally in the room who's here for continued support until we gather again next year, she's going to be there to help you and to support you and to to help you with your, your grief journey. And we'll be right back here, same bat time, same bat place next year. We'll be right here. We're going to do this again, you know, kind of a deal, but let's not leave them hanging for a year. Let's see if we can throw in a, you know, in the resources, gosh, there should be just countless resources that we have in our markets that we can turn to, to add into our village, to be as a part, a part of the support, uh, support aspect. Yeah, no, I, I really like that idea of, you know, a lot of us, a lot of pet sitters have really good connections with, with vets, with groomers, with other pet sitters. And I, I think starting there with getting them connected with having pamphlets, brochures, other resources that they can recommend and continue to have on hand so that as, as somebody moves from their vet to their groomer, to their trainer, to the, they, they see the, the connectedness between there and the support system that they actually have. Yes, exactly. And you know, let's go to who we're going to invite. Let's invite all of them. Yeah. All of them. They need to come. And we create a flyer. We go out on social media. We we shout it from the rooftops. Those are the perfect, perfect places to tell the story and invite the folks to come to our event. Yeah. Because again, we if we're again thinking back to our our purposes here, I do think one is is giving people that space and permission to grieve. I also think another purpose should be to help build that community of support. And yes. when, some, when somebody knows that, oh, it's there are a lot of people out here, and not just other pet parents, but a lot of other pet professionals mm-hmm. for everything from the 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 uh, you know shelter manager all the way to the groomer and the trainer and everyone in between. All of a sudden. We, we're, what are we doing there? We're we're kind of we're elevating all of this, and all of a sudden, everything becomes a little bit more acceptable to have and give them own permission when they're out in public, yeah. and it, it makes that community more friendly towards those kind of experiences. Exactly, exactly. You know, and I, as we're as we're nearing our our time here, I want to I want to leave I want to leave I want to give you two statements. Statement number one is: when we honor death, we honor life. And I don't think there's anything more that can model it more than what we have going on right now with the queen's death and, and watching as we honor death, we have been, but, but as they honor her death, now they're showing her life, right? So when we honor death, we honor life. And I've, I've said this statement as well a gazillion times and she had it, she had it printed on a lot of her stuff, which says the, the, the grief that we have is the price we pay for love. 
powerful, isn't it? Powerful. When we love, we grieve. And love and grief are equal. There's no way they can't be equal. They're always equal. And so this venue, this platform, this ceremony, it gives us the opportunity to to take that grief and 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 to 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 reframe it and to say it's because I loved it's because I loved that I'm grieving. Yeah, but, and 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 that again circles back to all of this of why this process is so important and people need this release because when the grief isn't recognized, let's connect those two. When the grief isn't recognized, the love is forgotten or denied entirely. When they don't have that outlet, all of a sudden it's like this major process of, did I ever love? Was was that ever a thing? And a lot of these questions come in, and then what that that's followed by guilt because I'm not experiencing this. And there's so many things that get unpacked when the morning work is done and the grief process is walked through, of that acknowledgement, that honor of the life that they've had, and now the connecting back and recognizing, oh, this was this is the love that I, I get to carry now forward. Exactly. Exactly. And it becomes a part of who we are, you know, and I always tell, I always tell people, and this is kind of how I wrap up my ceremonies too, is I say, listen, you know, when, when, when the loss is really raw and it's really fresh, what we really focus on are the final moments. And and that's fair. That's very, very fair. When the fog begins to lift and we have some clarity, now what we can focus on is the entire life. And then the question I have is, what did you learn from them? What did you learn from them? Because when you when you really unpack it and you say, I learned this lesson and every day I'm going to do this lesson because then they get to live on. And the second part of that, too, is, you know, as people come to our ceremonies and I've had people in my pet loss and grief companioning classes that have honored pets that have died when they were in their childhood. And this one young lady said to me, I never got to pay tribute to him. And he was my childhood dog. And X amount of years later, she still, she found that she was having some grief bursts now. And I'm all about these grief bursts. I met Miko's been gone almost 20 years. And my husband and I were out to dinner the other night and I had a grief burst. And and it's not because I'm stuck. It's just, we were talking about her. Man, I got to missing her. I got to missing her and I felt sorry for the waiters. He came by as I was having a little meltdown there. And my husband said, we're just, we're remembering a little puppy that we miss and, you know, kind of scooted him on for a minute till we, till we could get ready. But grief bursts are okay. They're okay. And, and I, you know why I love when they happen, Colin? I love when they happen because it reminds me it was real. It reminds me it was real. And I don't ever want to forget that it wasn't real. I love that. Yeah. Because again, that's that that's part of who we are. And we we kind of start actively when we don't acknowledge that, we kind of actively deny part of our our past, our life. And yes. and like that like that was didn't exist. And I I think this is especially difficult when dealing with children and pet loss. And so recognizing that children will be here as well and that they they have some very specific things that we need to help walk them through and and I, I do know that that you actually have some some children's books and working with pet grief and you mentioned the one with with cats and stuff so I, I I am curious to know kind of where and, and how that works and how why it's important to focus on children here and and then kind of and, and what those books are because I, I think they're amazing resources. <laughs> Thank you. First of all, the books are Forever Friend, and they come in a kitty cat version and a doggy version. Foreverfriend.pet is the website. You know, Colin, I'm going to guess 
you, and I know I can speak for me. One of the very first losses I had was my, was my animal, right? My childhood animal. And that a lot of times is our very first loss that we can remember is a, is a family pet. And so the, the power of bringing a child to our event, the power of the two books that Dr. Mary Gardner and I just released, the power of those is in the family coming together and sitting down and talking about this together. And so when we get to allow children to come to our event, and maybe we have a little children's corner where they paint a rock with the animal's name on that they can take home. Okay. Very sticky. There's a beautiful sticky project, right? They take it home. Every time they see that rock in their rock garden, they remember you, but gives them, that's an active morning thing for the children where they get to get involved and we get to talk to them about how it's okay to grieve and cry because we too, we too miss buddy. And let's show them what's normal instead of saying, well, he's just gone to the farm or he went for his final grooming, whatever, whatever thing we believe we can say to make it go away quickly. Right. Uh, Let's, let's bring him. Let's talk about it together. That within itself gives it the healthy movement that we need to do for our children and to show them it is okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to miss them. It's okay to be angry. It's okay. And I as a I as a pet loss professional, Colin, one of the things I do with children is I kind of go off by myself and I tell the kids, you can come ask me whatever question you want to ask me, and I'm gonna answer it for you. And I get things from how hot does the cremation machine get to how does my great dane fit in that little bitty box to do pets go to heaven? So I whatever you want, come ask me. I'd rather you ask me and I answer your question because if I don't, you're going to either make it up or talk about it on the playground. You're all going to come up with your answer. Right? Yeah. Yeah, It's it's recognizing that all of these skills and all of these processes that we are helping adults with, the earlier, you know, the the, the more helping children mourn in a healthy way is setting them up for success later in life. And instead of taking all these misconceptions and preconceived notions that are not healthy in the bottling, the keeping it inside, the denying, the, the, these things turning to unhealthy forms of coping mechanisms, helping kids in that process of recognizing yeah. this is natural, this is okay, this is how we're going to do, and look at the community around you to help you. Exactly. What a beautiful way to help continue that. Oh, I love it. I love it. And these events, like what we're talking about, kudos to you for bringing this subject up and kudos for anyone on here wanting to do this. And I got to tell you, I want to, I want to make sure that everybody knows I am here as a resource. I am happy to help in any way because I, I can do these, these, these functions in my sleep. So I'm here. I'll help you out in any way. I'll give you a script. I'll do whatever you need. So just let me know. Let yeah, me know. And, I, and I would love to have uh, hit you up for some links and stuff to include in the show notes yes. for resources people can get connected with. Um, uh, Colleen, thank you so much for this today and for encouraging us in this process and this very important work that we as pet professionals have the opportunity to do for our community to help those heal and come together in a very um, important way that they don't have in their in, from walk day to day. So um, how can people get connected with you, find your work uh, and start uh, hunting around for some resources? So Two Hearts Pet Loss Center, Two Hearts Pet Loss Center, you can connect up through there, send me an email through there. And um, Colin, I'm actually going to send you some links to some of my past memorial services. That way they can actually have a visual 
to what these might look like. So I'm going to send those links to you as well, some scripts and things like that. And then you can get them out to your, out to your group. Um, but I'm always here to help round out too. So shoot me a message up through Two Hearts Pet Loss Center. I'm on, I'm on social. So you can go out and find Two Hearts Pet Loss Center and message me through there as well. Sweet. Thank you so much. And I will have all of those links on the episode and in the show notes uh, so people can click to those and get connected and, and really start helping those in their community with this. So, uh, Colleen, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Have you ever heard of a pet loss memorial event? I know when Megan and I first stumbled onto the concept, it really seemed quite foreign to us. We weren't sure if it was something that we would be interested in hosting. But the more we thought about it, the more that we realized that our clients are the kind of people who would attend an event like this. Our clients are the kind of clients that need this event in their life. And so when we set ours up, it was very simple, very straightforward a table, some handouts, some bubbles, and some poems. And that was enough to bring people out who really needed to be there. The beauty of hosting an event like this is you really can make it your own and curtail it to the people that you want to reach and make a safe, open space for people to come to and grieve and go through that morning journey because they don't have it anywhere else in their life. And that's something that we can do to make all of our communities just a little bit better. We want to thank our sponsors today, Time to Pet and Pet Sitters International. And we really want to thank you so much for listening, for all the feedback, for all the support that you give. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And we'll be back again soon.